This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lift every voice and sing till earth and It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so our legislature, they go in session every odd year. And this January, which is the second Tuesday uh, of the month, they will go into session. And we are under attack uh, from several places when it comes to some of the anti-gun bills and, um, you know, there, uh, there are like several bills out there that we're we wanting to discuss today uh, relating to such as prohibiting the manufacture of assembly or ownership of unmarked, unmarked firearms. Going to talk about that. Going to talk about uh, the red flag laws. We're going to talk about that. Also want to discuss um, some things on the national level as well. So uh, the President Trump administration uh, has actually signaled that they're going to ban bump stocks. Uh, so we're going to discuss that as well. Uh, you know, and, and I, I'm very concerned about banning of the bump stocks. Anytime you're talking about banning something, then, you know, my question is, then what are you going to do? First of all, it's not the place of the federal government to actually ban items. And then the second thing, what are you going to do as far as. You're going to confiscate those items. And if you do that as the federal government, then that is considered theft. Uh, and so uh, I'm very curious. I know Felicia's like, oh, hold on. <laughs> She's like, hold on. I got something to say about that. Go ahead, Felicia. I mean, I think I think you're definitely right. It's not the place of the federal government to be banning any items. And that's why I'm so anti-prohibition for marijuana. It is not the government's job to police our lives. Our government is there on the federal level anyway to protect us from outside invaders. Period. That that's basically where it ends. Um, and I think that banning anything, including bump stocks or marijuana, since this entire session is going to be about guns and weed, um, is absolutely absurd. And then what are they going to do? Are they going to forcefully remove the bump stocks from our homes? Well, no, because that's just a recipe for disaster. Um, are they, are they going to do a buyback program? Because if not, then like what you said is true. It's theft. I paid my money for this item. The government cannot just come and take it from me. 
And I think this is a really bad sign from the Trump administration and something that I personally have been worried about since his election in 2016, which is one of the reasons that I personally didn't vote for the man. Um, so this is not not a good place to end up. This is a very slippery slope. And we're not in a good place if we allow this to happen, just like we should never have allowed handgun sales to not happen when you're 18 and 21. The more ground that we give them, the less of a case we have to stand up for our Second Amendment rights. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there, man, it, it, it's going to be crazy this session because even the governor has actually signaled that he's talking about uh, he, he's considering red flag laws, even though the governor doesn't have that type of power to actually pass any bills or anything like that. But he has the influence. He can say, you know, these are my priorities here. Uh, these are some of the things that I want to make sure gets done or completed in this session. And so, you know, he can signal to. Uh, you know, our elected officials are that are at the House and the Senate and say, hey, you know, this is what I want done. And I'm actually concerned about that because that came up in June mm-hmm. after we had the high school shooting uh, in Santa Fe. And I think the governor is in a very complicated position right now because in the past, you know, 24 months, we have had the shooting in Santa Fe. We did have the Sutherland Springs shooting. There has been multiple school lockdowns. I know I get notifications all the time um, in in Austin and, and surrounding areas. And the governor, you know, did the did the red flag law um, hearings and testimony back in June and the citizens showed up. I know Rachel Malone with uh, Gun Owners of America was there. Uh, Michael, you know, I think you were there, too. A lot of people went out and spoke to the governor and said, um, you know, we're not OK with this. And so I think that we are in a good place to beat any red flag laws that may or have been already filed for the 86th legislature. Um, but, I mean, I think that we're in a pretty solid place to beat them. I think with the change that the that Texas saw on election night, it, it's going to be a little bit harder fight, but that's why we need citizens to get out there and be involved and testify and call your elected officials and be part of the process. You voted. You're not done. Get off your butt. Go talk to someone, go testify, go to the Capitol and stand up for these rights that you're complaining about on Facebook all the time. That's what makes me mad. And so we're talking about we're needing soldiers now. We're needing soldiers to step up to the plate because this session you're going to have to go to the Capitol. You're going to have to sign up to speak um, either for or against certain bills. You're going to have to let your elected official, your your house uh, elected official, your state senator, and let them know, you know, that either we want to pass a particular bill or we want to, you know, kill a particular bill. You, this is your chance, because if you do not, uh, then there's no complaining on Facebook, just like uh, Felicia just said. There's no complaining on Twitter, you know, because you dropped the ball. Yeah, there's more to being an informed and active citizen than showing up to the polls once every other year. You have to be involved in the legislative process and you have to talk to your elected officials, because if not, then they're going to go up there, especially if you have a freshman representative, they're going to go up there. And they're going to see all the perks. They're like, hey, if I vote with these guys and I get this next time. and But they need to make sure that they are representing you and they can't effectively represent you if you don't make your voice heard. Yeah. So let me bring into the conversation Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Shield, because I like to ask Edwin, first of all, you know, right off the bat here, you know, what do we do um, with the bump stocks? Because. This administration on a federal level, we're talking about all 50 states. They're saying your your president is saying he wants to ban bump stocks. And I'm very concerned about 
citizens, you know, I'm, I'm very concerned about a president saying that they want to ban a particular product. Something is not serialized. You, this is something that you cannot enforce. I'm concerned about this. Edwin Walker, the principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Show. Edwin. Yeah, well, you know, Mike, what, what is concerning is that basically because of, uh, you know, because of uh, public opinion, um, the administration is seeking to administratively overturn uh, something that was already determined about eight years ago. And so what is disconcerting is that they are seeking to redefine the, a word that has been defined since the 1930s, and that is the word machine gun. And they have, they have directed the ATF to create a definition or interpretation of a definition that includes bump stocks. And it's the process that is very upsetting. Now, obviously, folks who have bump stocks don't want to become, you know, they don't want to become felons. Uh, they're going to have, they're going to be ordered to destroy or turn in their bump stocks without any kind of just compensation. So that's a, that right there is a taking under the Fifth Amendment. And I, that, this and, is something that I, I want to fight, you know, because if this happens, you're saying that, look, I have to turn in my particular product, something I have, I bought and it, that is in my home. I'm going to have to turn that in because the government says I can't have it anymore. You're going to make me destroyed. I'm going to sue the government. I'm not going to sit back and let this happen at all. Yes, I am convinced that there will be a multitude of lawsuits arising out of this because it really is the first time. I mean, I've racked my brain trying to think of some time when something was, you know, on a federal level, there was a, a, a piece of property, a tangible piece of property that is not consumable. You know, you know, some people may say, well, what about alcohol? What about drugs? Well, those are consumables. They will, you know, eventually the product will be consumed and will no longer be in existence. But here we have a tangible piece of personal property that will not go away. It just doesn't vanish. Something has to happen to it. And really, it's the first time on a federal level where the government is legislating or, or here they're administratively legislating, which is even worse if you do it through the administrative process and not even a legislative process, uh, legislating the confiscation you know, the illegalization, the confiscation of a tangible piece of personal property. All right. We're talking and with Edwin so, Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Show. We're talking about the Texas legislature. We're talking about bump stocks on the federal level. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County. And you're listening to Come and Talk. Thirteen seventy. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we're back and we're talking with Edwin Walker. He's the principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. And we're talking about uh, banning bump stocks on the federal level. We're talking about what's going to happen in 2019 in the Texas legislature. Um, you know, every odd year, our elected officials go into session at the Capitol. It start the it, it's on the you know the second um, week of January, and it goes all the way into June. It's only on the odd years. It's going to be 2019, and we're looking at several bills um, that they're talking about throwing at us that we're going to have to either stop them at the gate, uh, and then there are some things that we need to support as well. So I brought in Edwin Walker to kind of break this stuff down to us. And Edwin was talking to us a little bit about bump stocks. 
And so Edwin, you know, it, it, I want to touch on it real quick for those that missed it, because uh, we're now we're we got five stations, four stations that we're we're on right now, and I want to make sure they have the you know all the information uh, on the federal level. So we're talking about bump stocks, something that's not serialized, and we're looking at the federal government saying that they're going to ban this item, this tool, and that's a bad precedence. Uh, so let me go back to Edwin. Yeah, no, it certainly is a bad precedent, especially in line of the fact that. Uh, you know, the ATF, the Department, the Department of uh, Technology, had already made a determination that the bump stock was merely a piece of plastic. You know, it, it wasn't a firearm. And now, uh, you know, they've been directed to, and this, this rule is imminent. It is coming. So this is not speculative. It's already a done deal. Uh, they put the rule out there, the proposed rule, back in March. They had their comment period. And we're just waiting any day now. For, uh, for the final rule to come out. And once the final rule comes out, there will be a deadline um, that, that the rule becomes effective. And then, of course, when that rule does become effective, anybody in possession of a bump stock is, um, is a criminal. That's, that's all there is to it. And it's, you know, it, is, it is a really scary precedent uh, to set. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not as expansive as the proposed congressional legislation would have been which was to say that any trigger modification, um, which there is a bill that is going to be pending in the Texas legislature that will have to stop, uh, that will say, you know, anything that causes a trigger to be, or uh, uh, that increases the rate of fire of a firearm is going to be prohibited. Um, that's a pretty terrifying bill. Um, so that's, uh, you know, so it could be worse, but it's terrible the way it is. And just like you said, I fully anticipate that there will be litigation that comes out of this bump stock regulation. Right. We're talking about a tool that actually came in fruition from uh, some people that decided, you know what, let's help out some veterans that were actually wounded and want to be able to fire their rifle again. And that was how bump stocks actually came about. Uh, so as just that little tool as a piece in order to help someone that's being wounded in order to fire the rifle again. And so we're talking about banning a particular item. When you're talking about doing that, you're actually setting the stage for other things. So if you start there banning this particular item, something's not serialized, you're going to take it from someone, tell them they have to destroy it or turn it in to the police, to law enforcement, to the, you know, to the ATF, uh, then that is theft. Yeah, and what happens, you know, the, the question that people should be asking themselves is, you know, obviously the Trump administration has said that they're pro-Second Amendment and they're not anti-gun, and certainly they're not as anti-gun as, say, Hillary Clinton would have been. But if this precedent gets established that the administration on its own can unilaterally rewrite the law to say that a certain thing is or is not a firearm, uh, just think how this power, then this precedent, can be abused in the future by an administration that hates all guns, that wants to see all guns banned. Exactly. And this is not a machine gun. We have a definition of what a machine gun is. And this is clearly not a machine gun. This is a part. So if you're telling me that this person used a bump stock, which is a part to, you know, to kill some people, then he also used a scope as well. So are we going to turn around and ban scopes as well and ban all of them from all rifles? Yeah, you know, the thing about it is, is that, uh, and this and this occurred, of course, whenever they made the definition of assault rifle way back in 94, and then the definition that keeps popping up in federal legislation, and now that the, uh, now that the anti-gun folks control the House of, uh, the House of Representatives, I'm sure it will show up again, is that 
anything that is ergonomic, that is an accessory to a rifle, they will seek to demonize. Mm. Whether it's a scope, whether it's a laser sight, whether it's a pistol grip, they hate pistol grips. I mean, they detest pistol grips. Forward grips, collapsible stocks, anything that makes a firearm more ergonomic, they're going to say it makes it more lethal, more deadly, and it should be prohibited. Ah, insane. All right. So, you know what, Edwin, let's uh, focus on the state of Texas here because we go in session in January and there are some things that we need to do. If you if we're going to call off some bills, Edwin's going to explain these bills to us. And if these things, you know, are something that you want to support, something that you're against, then you need to go to the Capitol. Well, first, go to the website, Texas Legislature Online, create an account. When you create this account, put in the bill number and Set up an alert so that way you can get an email, let you know when this bill is going to go up for a, uh, for a consideration in a particular committee. So that way you can go to that committee on that particular day. You can sign up to speak either for it or against it or just sign up in, you know, in opposition of it or for a particular bill. And so I, I encourage you to do this. You can set up an account. Put an alert that we get an email and go to the Capitol and show your support or let's kill some of these bad bills. So, Edwin. Oh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I want to reiterate that, you know, of course, we don't think about the Texas legislature being notably uh, uh, intellectual or, or computer savvy. But I have to say that the website capital.texas.gov is really one of the better state legislature websites out there. And you can find pretty much anything you want about Texas statutes, Texas codes, and Texas legislation by going to that website. So I really, really encourage your listeners to put that in their favorites. Um, go to it from time to time. It's very important, very resourceful. That's capital with an O-L uh, dot Texas dot gov. And uh, they should, like I said, they should put that in their favorites, bookmark it so they can get to it easy. All right, so Edwin Walker, principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Show. Edwin, let's look at House Bill 38. A House Bill 38 relating to prohibiting the manufacturer, assembly, or ownership of unmarked firearms by Terry Canales. Um, what do you think about this bill, House Bill 38? Yes, it's, it's interesting you address this one first because this really is one of the more ridiculous bills that has been filed. Um, and it and is very ominous. I mean, to think that a legislator thinks that this is a wise use of state power, mm. basically what it says is, is that if you're a hobbyist and you make your own gun, um, you have, before you make it, before you even assemble, you could even be a guy that's like, I just like assembling guns. And you buy a receiver from one play, you know, you, you buy an 80% receiver, finish it out, buy a barrel, buy an upper, buy a trigger assembly. Before you doing that, you have to pay a fee, apply to the DPS to get a serial number. The, the DPS now knows that you are the owner of that gun, mm. knows that it's a serial number. You have to, and then you're allowed to assemble it, but then uh, it cannot be sold or transferred. You, mm. that, that gun, you have to keep it forever. Uh, the only way you can get rid of it is turn it over to the police who are ordered to destroy it. Mm. So, you know, you and your, if you have a, a son or a daughter and y'all are hobbyists, you want to build a gun, and you're like, someday my child will have this gun. Nope, they sure won't. State of Texas knows where it is, knows who you are. If they believe that you transferred to somebody else, they're going to come after you. Uh, and the scary part is, is that for all you hobbyists and firearms builders that have already made your own firearm, guess what? If this bill goes into effect, you are a criminal if you don't immediately go to the DPS and say, I have this gun. Please give me a serial number so I can put a serial number on it. 
And now uh, that you know what it is, I can never, ever transfer it or give it to anybody else. Mm, and that is criminal. <laughs> so no, it's it's absurd. I mean, that's the thing about it. you think that's why it's scary that there is a legislator that believes that the state has the authority to do such a thing and punish people criminally by throwing them in the county jail if they fail to comply with these ridiculous state mandates on items that already exist, items that are already in their collection. I guarantee there are people in the state of Texas if this bill ever got through that would have no clue that they had just been made a criminal because they did not uh, tell the DPS that they had a rifle that they assembled years ago, but is still in their possession. Right. And the importance importance of this, you know, because this was filed on November the 12th. The reason that you filed bills this early is because you're sending a clear message. You're saying, hey, these are the things that, you know, someone thinks they're the most important. So they filed them early. Um, And I want to remind you again that the Texas legislature begins the second Tuesday in January of odd number years as per our state constitution. This 2019 is going to be January the 8th when they go into session. The only advantage to pre-filing legislation is advertising a particular issue and a particular bill author. And there can be many versions of the same issue filed. Keep that in mind. And all with different bill numbers. So you can have uh, multiple on the House. You can have multiple on the Senate, you know, that are you know similar to each other. But, you know, in the end, they're the same goal. And we have got to kill these bills. All right. So we're talking with Edwin Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield. This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Chloe on the War. And you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we're back and we're talking with principal attorney uh, with Texas and U.S. Law Shield, Edwin Walker. And he's talking to us about, you know, this coming session here in Texas. And we were just finished talking about House Bill 38 relating to the prohibiting of the manufacturer assembly or, or ownership of unmarked firearms. You're talking about uh, you're going to have to, you know, pretty much mark your firearms. You're going to have to get a serial number from DPS if this bill goes into effect for any firearms that you have that are not serialized, which is going to create a registration. So keep that in mind. We need to kill bill House Bill 38. Um, and, and also keep this in mind. You know, this session is going to be a little different tone. You're going to have people that go to the Capitol. They're going to say, you know what? I mean, I I'm not a I'm not anti-gun. I'm a pro-gun person. And I even have a license to carry handgun. You know, it's all about safety for me is what they're going to tell you. That's how they're going to come to you. It's all about safety. You know, be be cautious and be weary of uh, people that are wearing sheep's clothing. I'm just telling you. All right, so let's go to House Bill 86, Edwin. House Bill 86 relating to prohibiting the reckless discharge of a firearm by Martinez. Yeah, this bill, it doesn't really make any sense. Um, You know, most bills spawn out of some sort of uh, action. Most bills are reactive. Uh, Something happened, something happened to a particular person, something happened in an incident. Uh, Therefore, they get a legislature's ear and they file a bill. With this one, basically, it just it criminalizes shooting a gun um, recklessly, which, number one, is already criminalized uh, for cities of over 100,000. Um, and it's already criminalized 
uh, if it's done in a public place. But this seeks to just, um, you know, limit the rights of people who own property in the country to shoot their gun. Mm, that's and basically that's basically that's all it, 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 it does. It doesn't. It does not appear to have any real motivation except. Uh, saying there's somebody out there who doesn't like people in the country shooting their guns off. Mm, ah, watch out for those people that are moving from California. That's all I got to say. Uh, this yeah. Is- oh, and it's very it's very funny because I, I spoke to a woman um, a couple of days ago, and she was kind of in a she you know as part of as part of being a Texas Law Shield attorney. We, um, you know, we assist obviously Texas Law Shield members in their situations, and, and there was a, there was a, a person who had a situation, and basically that the, she had the police called on her because you know she lived down the country and she shot her gun off, and her neighbors got all cranky and uppity and called the police, and that's sort of the way she prefaced it. She was like, you know, we used to live out here, and it was kind of a redneck area, but we got all these people moving out here from the cities. And they're building these half million dollar houses, and now they want to come out here and tell us how to live. Mm. Yeah. So this appears to be the legislative uh, example of that. And just like you said, you know, we already have laws on the books, you know, that address this. There's called it's called daily conduct. You know, if a person does something like that, you also have you know discharging a firearm in city limits, just like you just said. So we have laws on the books right now that actually address all of this. So, yeah, and so that I, that's why I don't understand the purpose of it. Um, I really don't. You know, sure, people like to go out and you know if they live on a you know a nice set of a nice a nice piece of property that's you know got some acreage to it, and they want to shoot off guns off their front porch just to you know say that they're just out there saying you know I want to shoot I want to see if I can hit that you know hit that red leaf on that limb over there, and th- this would criminalize it for hmm. no reason. You know, I don't know anybody who's been harmed through this kind of activity, so I really question the motivation of this bill. All right, our call-in number is 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. So let's go to House Bill 95, Edwin Walker, relating to the criminal offense of acquisition or attempting acquisition of a firearm by a person prohibited from possessing a firearm. And this is Gina Hinojosa. Yes. Well, you know, um, Texas Penal Code already gives a list of people who are prohibited in 40, Texas Penal Code 4606 of people who are not allowed to purchase or possess firearms. And basically, this would create an offense of somebody attempting to purchase a firearm that is prohibited from purchasing a firearm. And it also expands the list from the list as it's currently uh, listed as people who are felons, people who are intoxicated, people who are uh, under a protective order, people who have been convicted of a, of a crime of misdemeanor, crime of family violence, if it's within five years. But it expands it to all of the federal prohibitions as well, which includes illegal aliens. Uh, it includes a permanent ban on um, people who are, you know, it creates a state offense for people who are convicted of misdemeanor crimes of family violence. And interestingly enough, uh, you know, it puts folks like you under a duty, uh, shall uh, notify the DPS anytime somebody chooses to do that. Mm. So this is something that, and the thing is, is that the punishment language in this law says that, um, you know, any person who violates the provision uh, can be criminally prosecuted. 
And with that broad of a definition, I think that would include a dealer who failed to notify the DPS that, that a prohibited person attempted to purchase a firearm. And see, I know I know State Representative Gina Hinojosa really well, and I, I know this is a, pers- a personal attack. This is a direct attack for F- against FFLs and federal licensed dealers, you know, because she feels that, you know, we actually, you know, for me, for example, I would go to the Capitol and, 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 and talk about these issues. And, I, and this is something they're trying to do, you know, and get you on the back end to try to get you uh, charged or convicted of a criminal offense. We got to shut this down. This is House Bill 95. Got to shut it down. You can always look at these bills. And people, this these are reasons why you should have voted. If you did not go and vote uh, you didn't vote in the runoff election. You didn't vote in the general election. Didn't vote in the primary. These are the reasons because now, here we go. Now we have to fight some of these bills. We got to shut this down. Hey, Edwin, let's look at House Bill 121 relating to a defense of prosecution for the offense of trespass by certain persons carrying a handgun or carrying handguns. Yeah. This one's really curious to me. I don't understand the motivation uh, behind it. I mean, it looks like a pro-gun bill because it's saying that you have a defense to prosecution for thirty a violation of thirty out six and thirty out seven. If you were um, if you were given oral uh, oral criminal trespass warning and you promptly departed, um, but I don't. I'm curious as to know did somebody. I am unaware of anybody being prosecuted under thirty out six, thirty out seven, because in order to maintain a, a uh, in order to maintain a prosecution under thirty out six, thirty out seven, to, against somebody who was given verbal notice, uh, they already have to prove as an element of the offense that they failed to depart after given the warning. Right. And so I, 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 I honestly, I don't know what this does. <laughs> I don't know how this. Uh, why this was necessary or how it helps. Mm, okay. All right. And then, let's so, I mean, if you have, if you have an inside story, I'd be, I'd be really happy to hear it. No, we're going to, because f- I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what the person's motivation was in filing this. Yeah. We're definitely going to find out. We'll see if we can get a uh, representative Swanson in here to tell us about this bill. And what's yeah, the see, purpose if, of see it. if he has, yeah, see if he has an impact witness of somebody who was actually prosecuting convicted of violating 30-06-30-07, because I'd love to talk to that person, because it'd be the first person that I'd heard of that had been charged under that law. All right, let's take a look at House Bill 131 relating to extreme risk protective orders and the prosecution of the criminal offense of unlawful transfer of a firearm. Yeah, this is, well, this, of course, is the ever-present uh, red flag bill. What, this is the third year, third session it's been, that's going to be filed. It's, uh, you know, Joe Moody's personal pet bill. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, of course, wanting to be the savior of all mankind. He, t- uh, he tweets him. about it on a regular basis, by the way. Anytime something happens, he's one of the first people to tweet something and say, hey, this is why we need this, you know. So you you got to watch these bills. Yeah, I, I don't know why he's... Um, you know, it, it suffers from the same problems as the previous bill, and I know we've had, uh, big, you know, we've had discussions about this in the past. There absolutely will be a hearing about it. We had a special, you know, hearing, um, an out of session hearing uh, on red flag laws uh, that you know that that we attended and testified in, and it's just this is something that is not going away. So hopefully it will not that that the popularity of it or the the fact that it does keep reappearing will not add to the perceived legitimacy of this because it is an illegitimate bill. It's and there, something and, and that already exists. There are already things that are on the the books right now that can address this. You know that is correct. That that's that's the one thing that I that's the one thing that I wish that they would get through their head is that the Texas Health and Safety Code 
already has a provision that will that is more narrow in scope, and so therefore it is less of a threat to due process that already deals with this situation. Now, one of the, the things about this that, of course, is very, very disconcerting is that this application for an extreme risk protective order can be filed by, it, it says, well, it's limited to just family members. But what they don't tell you is, is that they're using the definitions of family, family violence, and household that exist in Chapter 71 of the Family Code, which contain provisions that basically any former member of your family or household can make this application. So that could be former roommates, that could be former spouses, that could be former stepchildren. It just, you know, anybody who holds a grudge against you that you resided under the same roof with basically can go in and say, hey, that guy is nuts, please take his guns away, and they'll do it immediately without any real evidence. So you're telling me if, if, I'm, if I'm in college, a roommate that, you know, that's mad at me at the moment, you know, can, can do this? Yes, yeah, several years down the road. There, there's no time limit. It just wow. says former. So it could be 20 years. And the thing about it is, is that, is that the, the, the key word that can get somebody in trouble here is that all they have to do is make an allegation regarding any dangerous behavior or conduct exhibited by the respondent with, without any perimeters or definitions or actions that actually specifically constitute or, more importantly, don't constitute dangerous behavior or conduct. So I've, I've upset someone on social media, on Facebook, and an old roommate of mine, and so to get back at me, they can file one of these uh, protective orders. That absolutely could happen under this bill. And that can, they can do that 20 years later? Yes. Wow. That's insane. All right, so... so well, they, no, go ahead, Emily. Well, I was going to say, they could be your roommate 20 years ago, uh, I'm assuming that there does still have to be some relevance in time, right. uh, but it's not much. Wow. Uh, you know, the, factor, the factors are pretty vague and, and pretty broad. So, any, so, so yeah, if you've had an old roommate that you, you, know, that you guys you know, departed ways and you did part it ways on, the, on a bad term, and now this person is following you on social media and you say something because they were a roommate of yours 20 years ago and they're upset about something that you said last night on social media, on Facebook, then they can come up and, and slap you with this. That is correct. Wow. You get it now? All right. So, man, this, this is it. Uh, hold on, Edwin. We got a couple more bills we're going to go through. Uh, we're talking about the 2019 legislative session. Um, Every odd year, our, our legislatures, they actually, they go into session, and this is going to be uh, Tuesday, January the 8th of 2019. The only advantage to pre-filing legislation is advertising a particular issue and a particular bill author. Uh, you know, and there can be many versions of the same issue filed and all with different bill numbers. Keep that in mind. We're talking with Edwin Walker, Principal Attorney of Texas and U.S. Law Shield. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. 
The next session of the Texas legislature begins the second Tuesday in January of odd number years as per our state constitution. Uh, Tuesday, January the 8th, 2019. And so what we what I've done is I've decided to bring in, you know, Edwin Walker. He's a principal attorney with Texas and U.S. Law Shield because Edwin um, and some of the other attorneys will show up to the Capitol and educate, you know, our elected officials and let them know that this particular bill they're trying to pass is something they maybe should not pass. Uh, and here are the reasons why you shouldn't pass this, because we already have these things in place already. We have enough laws as it is uh, for a lot of things. And, and, you know, as we saw in several different shootings around the country, there are laws already in place. The problem is people don't want to stand up when there's an issue and say, hey, we need to get this person some help. We need to get them put into this particular program or, you know, charged with this particular offense or something like that. No, they don't step up to the plate. And then that person will go and do something when they saw all the signs before, you know, because the police were called to their home several times. You know, the signs were there and they didn't do anything. So now we're left to have to defend ourselves, you know, the good guy because of what some loved one failed to do with someone they knew had an issue. So, and I know that's a roundabout way of saying that, but I decided to bring in Edwin Walker with Texas U.S. Law Shield to talk about some of these bills that we're going to have to either fight or be in support of. And here's another one, Edwin. Uh, this is House Bill 195 relating to the creation of certain criminal offenses concerning firearm sales at gun shows. Yeah, this one is to address the, the perceived gun show loophole. And, of course, this derives out of the misconception that there is, in fact, a gun show loophole. And uh, basically what it does is it, it would prohibit uh, it would prohibit a sale at or around a gun show uh, to a person without going through a NICS check, without going through a NICS check. Interestingly enough, this does not apply to guns that are sold to either a police officer or an LTC holder. Uh, so this may actually be an opportunity for an LTC holder to go out there and pick up some pretty good deals. Uh, if the person trying to sell their gun can't find anybody, uh, if they don't want to go through the, you know, pay the money, hunt down the background check folks uh, to sell their gun to. Mm. So, and it requires gun show dealers to jump through all these hoops about notifying the police, setting up a gun, uh, a NICS check booth with an FFL and, you know, providing all this. And it provides a criminal, uh, criminal offense if, if a gun show promoter fails to do that. Wow. And, 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 and as an FFL dealer, if you're selling guns in a gun show, you still have to do a background check and all that stuff as if you're selling guns inside your store, your brick and mortar. Yes, and so this applies only to that very, very small group. And keep in mind, a person who does this, uh, who sells their gun to somebody who they know is a prohibited person or is a resident from another state, they're already violating federal law if they go through with the sale. So, you know, let's say hypothetically, you got a guy who's like, I, I just brought my, you know, I brought my my 1911 to the show. I don't use it anymore, and I want it. I'm going to sell it to somebody. And the guy comes up, and he's got a you know Louisiana license plate, and he you know appears you know he, he maybe he says something that he intends to commit a crime with it, or that he's a prohibited person. If he said something like, "Yeah, I'd go in there and get me a gun," but goddamn, they won't sell me one because I can't pass one of them daggone background checks. <laughs> and you go ahead and sell it to him, you're committing a federal offense already. Right. Right. So you know, so there there are, there are crimes out there 
for this stuff. And, and like I said, this this addresses a this addresses a problem that is perceived to be a problem, but in reality is not really a problem. All right, let's take a look at uh, Senate Bill One Twenty Three. Uh, it's relating to the offense of possessing a weapon in a security area of an airport by West. Yeah, this one is a bizarre bill, and maybe we can, you know, just like we need some background on that other bill, maybe we can get some background on this bill. I mean, did Senator West have a, did, did somebody, you know, is, is, is somebody at DFW Airport, like, forcing him to file this bill? It's just weird, uh, because basically it expands the definition of security area of airport from being the area that we know is the security area of airport. That is the area past the TSA checkpoint and the metal detectors, Mm -hmm. uh, basically to include, um, you know, to, to include, you know, anywhere that's under, you know, any type of federal regulation, including the parking areas. Oh, so that means that I would not as a license holder be able to, like uh, go to baggage claim and, you know, meet my parents and carry my firearm. Uh, you know, I think it would be the way that they rewrote this, wow. okay, uh, which dangerous. is so because because the key part of what makes the security part of airport, the part that the TSA actually screens you is the language that says, uh, which is access controlled by the inspection of persons and property under federal law. Right. Well, that's whenever you have your boarding pass checked and you go through the metal detector. Well, this bill strikes that language mm. and basically says any area that's under, you know, under the authority of federal law. Okay. So, um, so if I get this right, we need to kill House Bill 38, kill House Bill 86, 95, 131, 195 and one and Senate Bill 123. So we need to yes, kill those but, bills. Correct. But there is one good bill out there that we need to advocate for the passage of, and that's Senate Bill 117. Senate Bill 117, relating to the prosecution of the offense of possessing a weapon in certain prohibited places associated with schools or post-secondary educational institution. So these are, this is, uh, we're talking about school-sponsored activities. Correct. And this is followed by uh, Senator Creighton, who's a conservative Republican from Montgomery County, uh, down here in the Houston area. And basically, you know, uh, you know, folks who follow who follow you for a long time will know that that we for years we have ranted and raved about how broad uh, the description and the and the non-definition of school and educational institution and ground of a school sponsor activity are. Yes. Um, these are very dangerous areas that are where firearms are prohibited. It's a felony to engage in one of these. And this bill actually takes some steps to try to limit that, to try to give clarity to that. Uh, it actually creates a definition of school, which we have not had before. Um, so that's a good thing that we you know have the definition. I don't know if we have time to go into a school means an accredited primary or secondary school. So that means that that doesn't include daycare, you know, preschools. That doesn't include, you know, cosmetology schools. That doesn't, you know, anything that, that previously it's been argued that anything that has the word school in it, Sunday school, could be a school. <laughs> well, this now says no. You have to be an accredited primary or secondary school to be a school. And educational institutions, uh, you know, some of y'all may remember our battles against the various zoos that have claimed to be educational institutions, public libraries that have claimed to be educational institutions. Mm. And this finally says, no, an educational institution is a post-secondary 
educational institution, uh, which we, of course, know, and it, it, it too is given a definition, an institution of higher learning and a private or independent institution of higher learning. And so we now have a, uh, a definition for that, and it limits, you know, all those hypotheticals we've talked about, school-sponsored activities. Well, you know, what if the basketball team stops off for a Whataburger? Is the Whataburger now prohibited place because it's a school activity? What if a field trip is going to a museum? Is the museum now prohibited place because of the school field trip? This finally clarifies that a school-sponsored activity uh, has to be conducted on the grounds that are owned by or under control of a school or post-secondary educational institution. Right, and this this is a big deal. This is my pet peeve here, this bill here. Yeah. This is the one issue uh, that you know, I'm very passionate about because if you're, you know, sitting anywhere, you're sitting in a um, – uh, you're sitting in Chipotle or something like that, and a you know a school bus pulls up in the parking lot. Kids get off that school bus. You know, you know, I'm concerned that you know I may be charged with a felony, and and I don't even know that. Um, that's a school yes. sponsored activity. Yeah, the one thing I would add uh, is that maybe I'll contact Senator Creighton's office and ask that this be added to it, yes. is that I would like a definition of activity sponsored by the school mm. to specifically exclude the pickup and drop-off of children. Yes. So because school boards, uh, school, uh, school boards across the state have written memos and sent them to parents to say, we consider the pickup and drop-off of children to be a school-sponsored activity, and if you show up with your concealed handgun, you are a felon. Man. All right, I tell you what. Thank you, Edwin Walker. We're going to bring you back in. We're going to talk about some more of this stuff. We get closer to, uh, to that second week of January because we want to be educated about some of these bills, want to know what we need to kill, what we need to support. So I really appreciate you coming in here and telling us about these bills from Texas and U.S. Law Shield. Oh, yeah, it's always my pleasure. I always enjoy, really enjoy being on your show, Mike. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. So this week, uh, real quick to wrap it up, we had uh, there was a, something that came down about California. There's a sheriff's deputy in California. Turned out that he was actually shot by California Highway Patrol doing um, friendly fire. Uh, so that came out. And then also, what was the other thing that came out uh, this week? All right. Well, don't remember. I don't remember either. All right. So and we also had the um, here in Austin, we had a break in a gun range. So guys got to lock it up. Let's lock it up. Let's be safe. Let's be vigilant. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out there and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening. Come and talking with Michael Cargill. I'll take my Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 